You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check out my Patreon. And take a look at my other YouTube channels too. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything I release. All links are in the description. In this podcast, Donald Trump has been viewed as a literal stand-in for Jesus for a while now. Trump supporters aren't helping the perception. They treat him like a god, and it's bizarre to see. There's a whole theology behind it. Let's talk about it. Trump supporter and QAnoner Brendan Dilley has been close to Trump for a long time. He released a video that ended up being released by Trump on his social media. Let's talk about the bizarre things he's had to say. Sherry Tenpenny and Stella Emanuel have been making predictions about COVID for years. One of Tenpenny's predictions just failed, again. I didn't expect any different, but it's deeply entertaining to watch these people fall flat on their faces. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, go to owenmorgan.com and click on the Contact Me button in the menu. Send me a message like that. Have you been paying attention to the Epstein thing and how conservatives are reacting to it? A lot of misinformation going around. Yes! Oh my God, I've seen that. Jeffrey Epstein's list released, uh, well, one of his lists. It wasn't, I don't think it was a flight logs. It was a list of names that came from a lawsuit, including victims' names. I understand that's why some of the names were redacted, but there were largely people that we already knew were involved, but this is like confirmation, further confirmation. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, Stephen Hawking was not on the flight logs, but somehow related to the lawsuit that was kind of weird there's some misinformation floating around about stephen hawking um some mildly amusing misinformation but misinformation nonetheless uh there's also dead confirmation that donald trump was definitely on that plane uh, at least like five times he was always around epstein there are pictures of him together they hung out together Uh, trump commented on epstein to the press once or twice Trump knew what was going on. He absolutely knew what Epstein was up to. And what did Trump supporters say when that when those logs released that unequivocally proved that Donald Trump was close to Jeffrey Epstein and flew his jet around all, all over the place? Trump supporters said, Vindication. Trump is not on the list. See? Told you, liberals. They live in another reality where facts are irrelevant. As Trump supporter and sycophant and QAnoner, uh, Brendan Dilley says. Trump 2020. What's our strategy, guys? First rule of Trump 2020. Controlling the media. How do we do it? It doesn't have to be true. It just has to go viral. That's the strategy. That's been the strategy all along. We're destroying them at their own game. Like, Dilley, is that, where did you hear about that? I don't know. I made that up. You're a liar. For now, Donald Trump was on those flight logs and Trump supporters are just saying, no, he wasn't just make up their own facts. Completely irrelevant, completely disconnected from reality. It doesn't it's doesn't matter how true or false anything is. They just say it. And that makes it true in their minds. Kellyanne Conway, I believe, was what what was she? Donald Trump's press secretary or something? I don't remember what she was. She was in the Trump campaign somewhere along the line. In uh, 2017, January 22nd, 2017, she said this. 
I did you, answer no, your question. No, you did not. You did yes, not answer did. the question of why the president asked the White House press secretary to come out in front of the podium for the first time. It's a little thing, but I'm sorry. It's a lectern. It's a lectern, not a podium. For the first time and utter a falsehood. Why did he do that? It undermines the credibility of the entire White House press office. No, he so Donald Trump instructed the press secretary to utter a falsehood, I guess. I don't remember what this was about. Quick interjection. This won't take long. If you like what I do, it would be awesome if you guys checked out my Patreon. All links are in the description, of course. Okay, back to the video. No, it doesn't. Don't be, so, don't be so overly dramatic about it, Chuck. What it, it, you're saying it's a falsehood, and they're giving Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. But the point remains. Alternative facts. You, you catch that? Alternative facts. I guess she's counselor to President Trump. That's just what her title was, apparently. Uh, there you have it. Brendan Dilley spells it out for you. Kellyanne Conway spells it out. The strategy? Why? Who's going to call you? If they call you, other people simply won't believe them. See how simple that is? This is the age of, of misinformation. The point remains. Alternative facts? Alternative facts, four of the five facts he uttered. The hey, one Chuck, thing he why, got hey, right Chuck. was Zeke Miller. Four of the five facts he uttered were just not true. Look, alternative facts are not facts. They're falsehoods. God, dude, it's just crazy. Anyways, yeah, that was uh, it, that's the strategy, straight up. That's been the strategy all along. Trump appears on the flight logs. No, he didn't. Just crazy. Hey, Owen. Um, I'm originally from Virginia, and I just thought you'd find it interesting to know that um, in some like circles of evangelicalism, I grew up Southern Baptist. Um, we kind of take the name Jehovah. Uh, with a grain of salt, sort of, and I grew up Jehovah's Witness, as most people probably know. Watch my channel. I'm also writing a book right now about Jehovah's Witnesses and how the name Jehovah is completely wrong. It is not Jehovah. It was never pronounced Jehovah. Jays didn't even exist until the 1500s or something like that. It's absolutely absurd. But okay, let's keep listening here. Grain of salt, sort of, and add it to just this massive list of names for God. I remember being young um, in like late elementary school maybe and being part of a little church play where we did a spelling bee with all the different names for God. Adonai, Elohim. That's that's fascinating. Okay, Adonai means Lord. It's the uh, Hebrew, I think, Hebrew word for Lord. Elohim, El literally means God. And Elohim is the plural version of God. So God's multiple. That's what Elohim means. Quick note before we continue, I'm writing a book about my experiences inside the religion of Jehovah's Witnesses. I cover the culture and doctrine. It's understandable even if you know literally nothing about the religion. So I'd appreciate it if you gave it a read. To find out more, go to owenmorgan.com book. All links are in the description, of course. Okay, back to the video. Elohim, um, Jehovah... Again, Jehovah is fake. Jays didn't exist till the 1500s. Everlasting Father. I haven't heard that one. Okay. Um, uh, what was the Emmanuel? That one was used to refer to the prophesied Messiah, the foretold Messiah that would eventually come. They said his name will be Emmanuel, which means God is with us or something to that effect. Um, that's only a name for God if you believe that Jesus is God, i.e. if you believe in the Trinity. Both spellings of it with an E and an I. 
and just like a gazillion other names. So Baptists tend to do that a lot. Like Baptists are also interesting, Southern Baptists at least, because we don't do snake handling or poison drinking or any of that. But Super fascinating. I'm, I'm going to touch on this in a minute. Let's. I'm going to let her finish first, though. The snake handling thing, we'll talk about that. Any of that, but we also, or speaking in tongues for that matter, but we also don't entirely discount those verses. We, you know, leave them there just for a little flavor. You know, we're like, oh, maybe that's real, but we're not going to address it. <laughs> so I just thought you might find that interesting. Uh, hope you have a good evening. Bye. Yeah, appreciate that. I've never heard of a denomination doing like a spelling bee like that. Doesn't surprise me, though. People love to do little fun things for kids like that, right? Get them roped in as early as humanly possible. As far as the verses go there that, that she was talking about, that they leave the verses in. Those verses about snake handling, poison drinking, and all that stuff, they're fake. They were added later. They don't belong in the Bible. In fact, a lot of Bibles don't even include them anymore. The last eight or so verses of the book of Mark. I think it's Mark 16 verses 9 to 20 something. Yeah, okay. So I guess in the NRSVA, it's labeled as the longer ending of Mark. This was not found in the earliest manuscripts, but it's the basis for all kinds of stuff. They will pick up snakes in their hands, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick. They will recover. So this is the basis for faith healing, snake handling, drinking poison. It's the basis for soul winning or door knocking. Speaking in tongues, it was the basis for that also. And it's all fake. They're all fake verses. I guess uh, the caller was saying that they leave these verses in but they don't believe them. This is commonly a Pentecostal practice, the snake handling stuff. West Virginia, interestingly enough, is the only state where it's legal to do snake handling still. That's fascinating, right? Anyway, thank you for the call. That, that was pretty cool. Hi, it's me, Liv, from Minnesota. I just hit my phone with my glasses. Oh, that sounds miserable. I'm sorry. Whatever. Um, I was watching a YouTube video, and he mentioned at one point in the Bible that Peter said that while Paul never met Jesus, he was divinely inspired. Is that true? Is that doesn't? Wouldn't that mean that Paul has the? I don't know. I don't know what to think. Thanks. Uh, have a good day. I don't actually remember saying that, but. The common belief in Christianity is that Paul was divinely inspired. So Jesus comes bebopping along and has like his his apostles that he teaches, right? Peter and Matthew and Thomas and so on and so forth. Bartholomew, is that one of them? The the forgotten apostle. Anyways, he has all these people that, that follow him around and work with him and, and all that junk. Paul was not one of them. Paul was not involved at all. Jesus dies. About three years later, Paul comes on the scene and decides to convert from Judaism to Christianity, I believe. He was seeding Christian churches in the area and trying to create a cohesive structure to them, trying to get them all to fall under the same umbrella because the beliefs in Christianity changed from church to church, from group to group, and 
there was no cohesion. So he was building out that cohesion, even though churches already existed. Uh, I believe the Church of Corinth and the Church of Thessalonica already existed, I, I believe, before he even came along. And he wrote letters to the Corinthians and the Thessalonians at various points in time. So anyways, a lot of Christians believe that he was inspired, divinely inspired by God to write this stuff down. That this is, you know, messages directly from God himself. When in reality, a lot of the stuff that was attributed to Paul wasn't even written by Paul. It's claimed that 13 of the Bible books, basically, the, the letters were written by Paul when only about seven of them were. You know, the book of Hebrews is attributed to Paul. Almost certainly wasn't Paul. You know, the book of Ephesians, the book of First and Second Corinthians, um, First and Second Thessalonians, so on and so forth. Those were written by Paul. Or, I'm sorry, those were attributed to Paul. So anyway, yeah, the point is that he was not divinely inspired. We don't even know which things he wrote. Did he write them himself? Did he have them dictated? Did somebody else write them and pretend to be Paul? We have no idea, so just ridiculous. I don't buy a single thing Paul said. He never met Jesus. He didn't know him. He knew nothing about him. He, Paul, years later, met with some of Jesus' apostles, original apostles, talked to them. They told Paul some stories about Jesus, and Paul worked in, I think, a total of three stories about Jesus that he heard from them in various spots in the Bible. And that was it. That that was the extent of Paul's knowledge. Anyway, yeah, I just, like, I don't accept anything that Paul says. If I want to look to the quintessential example of Christianity, I look to Christ for that. I look to Jesus to find out what Jesus would expect. And what does he expect? As the sheep in the goats parable says, love your fellow man, take care of him, give him water when he's thirsty, food when he's hungry, a place to sleep when he's homeless. Give him the shirt off your back if he needs it. That is what gets you into the kingdom of God, not paying your way in or even praying your way in. None of that nonsense gets you in the way that like Kenneth Copeland, for example, seems to think. Anyway, it's just absurd. Thanks for the uh, voicemail. Have you heard from that guy who left you those voicemails? No, I heard from Homeland Security who discouraged me from talking about it any further the guy will not be contacting me anymore <laughs> so anyway sorry for the repeat thought the first one didn't take oh no problem you're good el is the name of a canaanite god elohim is the name of his council and yahweh and asherah asherath his wife were part of it yeah 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 i mean there's a lot to it but el literally means god and elohim is plural for gods that's what it means gods in the Canaanite belief system, El was the supreme creator, and I think there were 12 Elohim under him or something. But within the Hebrew language uh, or Aramaic language, within the, the Jewish language sets, Elohim meant God's plural and El meant God. Anyway, yeah, it's super interesting. Yeah, thank you for the uh, added context there. Homeland Security, what did I miss? Uh, I have some videos about it. This is a guy who's leaving threatening and creepy voicemails about my kid and stuff. So, anyway, yeah. I guess I'll just leave it at that. If you guys want to find it, it's on this channel, on um, Fireside. So, just check out weird voicemails, threatening voicemails, something like that. I've released a couple of videos about it. 
Hey, Lou, it's Owen. You remember me. I'm ex- Hey, Owen. Nice to hear from you. You remember me. I'm ex-military. I'm going to be honest with you and try to be quick about the... Uh, yeah, so before we go into this, I just want to say I put my my position on record recently about guns and how I don't think that pistols should exist at all. Why do we have pistols? If you want something for home defense, it should probably be a shotgun because it's got a widespread and you can use birdshot. You're supposed to use a shotgun for home defense. Birdshot, birdshot, then buckshot. Less than lethal round, less than lethal round, lethal round next. That's the order you're supposed to do it. Anyway, that's what I said. We shouldn't have automatic rifles. We shouldn't have pistols. I could justify having rifles for hunting purposes, but I think that should be heavily regulated. Like, you should have to renew your license every year and everything else, just like a fishing license or a hunting license. And shotguns should be allowed, I suppose, for home defense, if you want. So anyways, Lou is going to uh, give his insights on this. Quick, about the uh, whole weapons, shotgun, home self-defense. Um, pistols, um, is some certain pistols are better for home defense, but... Full shotguns are cumbersome and hard to use. Uh, beanbag shots in shotguns would be less than lethal. Birdshot is also less lethal, although it can definitely kill you. I understand that birdshot is not quite as bad, though, as buckshot. Than lethal. Um, in all honesty, uh, 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 22 caliber uh, pistols with uh, rubber bullets would be perfect home defense, in my opinion, along with tasers. Love you, bud. Okay, sure. Yeah, I suppose so. Twenty-two caliber is a very small, weak gun. I can see that with rubber bullets. Yeah, sure. They'll hurt like they'll hurt like hell. They'll still leave massive bruises, and as Neumonova points out, they can all blind someone or go straight through their eye and kill them. You know, there are, none of them are non-lethal. There's no non-lethal option in this equation, but. Some are basically guaranteed to kill you, you know, with hollow point bullets and stuff, you know, AR-15s and all that other stuff. There's no reason for all of that. No reason at all. You know, if you really want to have a gun for home defense or whatever, you know, defense of your home or property or whatever, just look at Kyle Rittenhouse as an example, okay? Kyle Rittenhouse, in my opinion, was guilty and should have gone to jail, but... He was found not guilty by a jury of his peers. And you know what? Better 10 guilty men go free than one innocent man go to prison. I don't remember who said that, but I suppose I can accept that based on that philosophy. He got out of it. But do you really want to go through that process? Did you see the kid up there crying his eyes out? at the possibility that he might go to jail for the rest of his life for murder. The decisions that you make in a split second are going to be litigated into the ground for the next two years, maybe, while you go through trials. You're going to have to sit in jail for some time, almost certainly, and you are going to be on a razor's edge as to whether or not a jury can decide, or whether or not a jury will decide that those split-second decisions were the right decisions. How often are split-second decisions the right ones? It is stupid to have a gun for home defense. It is the stupidest decision I 
think anybody could possibly make. It's, it's up there. You do not want your split-second decisions litigated into the ground. Anyways, yeah, maybe you'll get out of it. Do you really want to go through all that? I certainly don't. 22 is some of the more dangerous ammo. 22 caliber? Maybe I'm confusing it. Maybe I'm mixing it up. I was under the impression 22 was less lethal than others. Am I mixing this up? Anyway, that's my position. Tell me what you think about it. Um, I, I, I think guns are fun. I think they're cool. I, th I like to shoot guns. They should be at a shooting range, and you should be able to rent them. You should not be allowed to own an M16 that's been modified to not be fully automatic or semi-automatic. The AR-15 is effectively the gun used by military. Uh, I'm sorry, the gun used by the U.S. military for all intents and purposes. You shouldn't be able to own an Uzi or a, or a Tommy gun or whatever. You want to shoot it at a shooting range? Go nuts. But having all these things floating around is what's causing problems in society, like massive, you know, shootings and stuff. Anyway, let me know what you think about it in the comments. Next up, Donald Trump has been viewed as a literal stand-in for Jesus for a while now. Trump supporters aren't helping the perception. They treat him like a god, and it's bizarre to see. There's a whole theology behind it. Let's talk about it. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. I don't want to say he's perfect. The only perfect person that ever walked this earth was Jesus, but he is he was wonderful in office for four years and he proved that. So what is it about Trump that you love so much? This is a woman who I guess claims to be like a reporter or a journalist or something at a Trump rally gushing over him and it's bizarre to hear people say that he's like this close to jesus he is almost jesus there is an actual full-blown theology behind this i've talked about it before but right now seems like a good time to kind of talk about it a little bit more because some new clips come out from new supporters and it's just getting bizarre right now as if it wasn't already anyway this woman that we're looking at here on the left this blonde woman apparently made it to Jimmy Kimmel's TV show. I haven't actually seen the Kimmel episode myself, but I, I read about it. So anyways, this woman made it to Kimmel, where he talked about how weird it is for Trump supporters to worship him like a god. Let's listen to that whole clip. She was going to talk to this woman, get her opinion on how Jesus-like Donald Trump is. By the way, this came out mid-December 2023. Uh, number one, he's a godly man. He, he's working for God. Are we talking about the same Donald Trump, really? Is this the same Donald Trump that was on, like, Je like close friends with Jeffrey Epstein? Same guy? Is this the same Donald Trump that just got sued by E. Jean Carroll and lost the suit? It was determined that he's a civilly liable racist. Same guy? Are we talking the same person here? What is godly about Trump? I don't understand. What brings people to this conclusion that, that Trump is godly? You know, the dudes even made fun of televangelists and evangelical believers. Seriously. His old, what, I guess, his old fixer, you know, his old lawyer, Michael Cohen, told, uh, quoted Trump as making fun of evangelicals. This is an article in The Atlantic. Trump secretly mocks his Christian supporters. It was released September 29th, 2020. 
says, one day in 2015, Donald Trump beckoned Michael Cohen, his longtime confidant and personal attorney, into his office. Trump was brandishing a printout of an article about an Atlanta-based megachurch pastor trying to raise $60 million from his flock to buy a private jet. Trump knew the preacher personally. Creflo Dollar had been among a group of evangelical figures who visited him in 2011 while he was first exploring a presidential bid. During the meeting, Trump had reverently bowed his head in prayer while the pastor's laid hands on him. Now he was gleefully reciting the impious details of Dollar's quest for a Gulfstream G650. These people are such scumbags, seriously. Anyways, uh, just scroll down a little bit here. It says, Trump seemed delighted by the scam, Cohen recalled to me, and eager to highlight that the pastor was full of quote unquote. They're all hustlers, Trump said. I mean, this doesn't come as a surprise to anybody, does it? Is anybody really surprised by the idea that Trump, like, makes fun of evangelicals in his spare time, like when he's just alone or just like with other televangelists and stuff? Does that surprise anybody? Quick interjection. This won't take long. If you like what I do, it would be awesome if you guys checked out my Patreon. All links are in the description, of course. Okay, back to the video. Okay, so anyway, let's continue listening to this woman tell us about how Trump is a godly man. Uh, number one, he's a godly man. He, he's working for God, for darn sure. Um, number two, he really cares about us. He you know what's, I'm sorry, this is what's so bizarre, that she's so confident about it. She's so sure that Trump is working for God and that he's a godly man. Uh, this is a level of confidence that I don't have in anything. For darn sure. I, <laughs> I don't understand this level of confidence. How did she get here? This is nuts, right? Is this just me? This is why I'm so careful about any of my beliefs, any of my positions on any issues. I always leave room for the possibility that I'm wrong, always, no matter what, because I am 100% sure that I'm correct. I don't know, that, that Trump is a hustler or something, that he's a scam artist, that he's taking advantage of people. But she's even more confident that he's not. So I feel obligated to be careful and use logical deduction and have some ground rules in the, uh, you know, the back and forth when dealing with people like this. Anyway, it's just insane to me. He, he's working for God, for darn sure. Um, number two, he really cares about us. He cares about us. He cares about what happens to us. He cares. We cannot be talking about the same guy. It's about our country. He didn't come in there because he wanted the money. He's got money. He's, he's coming there because he is actually working for God. And he right, right. Because people don't ever work for power. People who have money are never after power for power's sake there because he is actually working for God and he wants to help us and he wants to get us to a good he wants to make America great again and I, I you know it's true you know but I, I, I think he's going to make it even greater because I don't think no matter what they try to do to stop him he's going to come back because he's working for God and God's on his side absolutely he is God this is just so strange to me dude well anyway this woman here on screen on the left, the blonde woman here, the, the quote-unquote reporter, if you will, when she went on Kimmel, well, she didn't go on Kimmel, but when Jimmy Kimmel played the clip from her, she responded afterward, and she was not happy about it. She decided that she wanted to defend her good name and reputation against these slanderous lies that she thinks Trump is a, you know, tantamount to Jesus. 
I'm just kidding. You know that she just reinforced the idea. Check this out. This one is from early January 2024. Quick note before we continue, I'm writing a book about my experiences inside the religion of Jehovah's Witnesses. I cover the culture and doctrine. It's understandable even if you know literally nothing about the religion, so I'd appreciate it if you gave it a read. To find out more, go to owenmorgan.com book. All links are in the description, of course. Okay, back to the video. And she believes that God needs to be first in this country and that Trump is a godly man, in her words, that he was sent here uh, to, to help us and save... Talking about the woman we just listened to a second ago, I guess. Uh, to, ...to help us and save this country and put faith back into our country. And that was part of her interview. Well, Jimmy Kimmel went on his show um, just this week and played that clip, um, poking fun of the lady I was interviewing. Well, um, I want to just go ahead and, and say this again really quickly. I don't want to go into it like I did yesterday, but um, just remember we are protecting our freedoms and we have the right. Protecting our freedoms. Totally. That's what we're doing, right? Yeah. Okay. Go on. We are protecting our freedoms and we have the right to religion. And if Nobody's saying you don't. You know what's weird, though? You know what's really, really strange to me? The fact that she's talking about her right to practice her religion when we're talking about Donald Trump. When did religion come into this equation? I didn't bring it in, and she's not talking to me. She talked about that woman talking about Donald Trump. That's it. He's a political figure. Where did religion get shoehorned into the discussion? They brought religion in. Why does a discussion about voting for Donald Trump, why does that turn into freedom of religion? That's weird, right? Is it just me? Did she just kind of tell on herself here? Just remember, we are protecting our freedoms, and we have the right to religion. And if she believes in God, if I believe in God, no one, not even Jimmy Kimmel, should um, poke fun at us. And We weren't talking about God, to my knowledge. We were talking about Donald Trump. It's weird that she conflated the two. She combined them. What is happening right now? And make us be the brunt of his jokes on his late night TV show. Um, that is our right to believe what we want. So shame on Jimmy Kimmel. For hey, be my guest. Believe what you want. I have no problem with that. I'm going to laugh at it a little bit, though. I think it's ridiculous. And I think you're actually trying to hurt other people. If she's not hurting other people, she's trying to vote for a guy that does hurt other people. The, the gay community, the black community, minority groups in general. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to talk about this. You have your freedoms. I have mine. There's no shame here. I'm allowed to mock, laugh at, or criticize the things that you say and do. Generally, I try to lean on the side of criticism rather than mocking or laughter because i don't think mocking or laughter really gets us anywhere exactly but yeah nothing wrong with us criticizing this woman apparently she feels like she her religion is being attacked because she wants to vote for donald trump this is insane we want so shame on jimmy kimmel for not only poking fun of our freedoms and our right to believe and our right to believe in god and have our faith but also for making fun of this this woman who um, is a Trump supporter. He clearly is not. He has made that clear, and that's his right. But you don't have the right, Jimmy Kimmel, to poke fun at one of our viewers. And Wow, he doesn't have the right suddenly, huh? She's talking about rights. She has the right to say what she wants. That's her God-given right, isn't it? She has the right 
to her freedom of religion. She is in the right. She's allowed to do it. She, I'm sorry, she's allowed to worship any way she wants. But Jimmy Kimmel, he doesn't have the right to talk about her. He doesn't have the right to worship the way that he wants to or make fun of people for saying absolutely off-the-wall stuff, apparently. But you don't have the right, Jimmy Kimmel, to poke fun at... So she has rights, but we don't, apparently. All right. You don't have the right, Jimmy Kimmel, to poke fun at one of our viewers and actually uh, one of Trump's supporters as well. Absolutely ridiculous and sad, dude. Seriously. I mean, there's so much hypocrisy in this one like set of videos. These two videos that we just watched, so much hypocrisy that I, I don't even know where to start with it. People have believed that Trump is a god for a while now. This is a full-blown theology. Now, I don't know if this woman actually subscribes to the theology of Donald Trump being basically a, a religious figure. But there is a really big movement out there, people that do. And we're going to talk about it in a second. Trump knows that this group of people is out there. He knows about them. And uh, not too long ago, he released a video on his, uh, you know, his social media thing, his version of the twit. You know what? Just watch. I I'm not going to say anymore. Just watch. This is how the video starts. And on June 14th, 1946, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. No, June 14th, 1946, or whatever it was, that's Trump's birthday. I need a caretaker, so God gave us Trump. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, fix this country, work all day, fight the Marxists, eat supper, then go to the Oval Office and stay past midnight at a meeting of the heads of state. So God made Trump. I need somebody with arms, strong enough to rustle the deep state, and yet gentle enough to deliver his own grandchild. Wait, did Trump deliver his own grandchild? Is he on the other end with his arms out like he's about to catch a football or something? <laughs> I thought a doctor did that. Do you need delicate hands to do that? I thought you needed to like, I thought there's a lot of yanking and stuff happening. I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't been in the process very much, so maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, this video just reaffirms that, A, Donald Trump is viewed like a god because this this video it's like a full like three minute long video i'm gonna be talking about this entire clip in a video that releases in a couple of days so keep a lookout for it it's about brendan dilly who is the guy that made this video in the first place so if you want to watch the whole video with me then we can do that but this video reaffirms people view donald trump as a god and he knows that and wants to push that viewpoint even further, in my opinion. That's what I'm getting from him posting or reposting this video on his social media. Let's talk about the Trump religion. I did a whole deep dive into the Trump religion forever ago with Shane Vaughn. That's who we have on screen here. But it's been a while since I've talked about it, so let me just catch you up a little bit. If you guys are new, you haven't heard this before. This is Shane Vaughn, and he is a televangelist, megachurch pastor, and he is basically the leader of a Trump church. It's all about Donald Trump. They, he has fully integrated Donald Trump into his religious beliefs. I need a little bit of lead up to the video we're about to watch from him. When Jesus came to earth, his apostles believed him to be the Son of Man. The Son of Man is a title given to 
a kind of cosmic judge that will appear in the end times and judge the earth or whatever. Jesus didn't seem to believe that about himself, question mark, but his apostles certainly believed it about him. Son of Man is supposed to take political control of Israel and become a cosmic judge that, you know, sparks Armageddon and judges everybody on earth and blah, 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 right? Well, Jesus didn't fulfill that role. He died. That's why he had to come back. If Jesus does not come back, he's not, you know, the Messiah. Until he comes back, he's not the Messiah, actually. When he comes back, he's going to take political control of Israel and spark Armageddon. Then he'll fulfill his role as the Son of Man, okay? Here's where Trump comes in. Shane Vaughn here believes that Trump is going to be the Son of Man. He believes that Jesus was the Son of God, played some special role in that way, I don't know. And Trump will be the Son of Man. I hear you saying... But the Son of Man has to take political control of Israel. Well, Shane Vaughn has an explanation for that. Just listen to what he's about to lay down for us here. This clip, by the way, is from 2021. It's from November, early November 2021. Check this out. And he wrote down, we are going, he wrote a course, to new Israel, new Israel, New Israel, and when they came off the ship, they didn't plant an American flag. They planted the Christian flag. By the way, everything he says in this is completely made up. He has no idea what he's talking about. I don't even know who he's talking about. Is he talking about like the founding fathers? Or <laughs> they came over to America and planted a Christian flag. I guess he skipped a few steps, the pilgrims and stuff. Unless that's who he's talking about. I don't know. On the soil, they dedicated. George Washington knelt and prayed. I guess he is talking about the Founding Fathers. Yeah, skips the pilgrims completely. Goes, jumps straight to George Washington, sailed over here and planted a Christian flag. Okay. George Washington knelt and prayed, dedicated America where the Twin Towers stand or stood. That's where America came into covenant with Yahweh, with God, was where the Twin Towers stand. That, that's completely made up. There's a famous painting of George Washington kneeling, with like his sword or some other thing and praying to God next to his horse. The painting was from 1970, I think. Okay, I thought George Washington was leaning on his sword. I guess he's just praying next to the horse. Wow, horses are huge, aren't they? Anyways, yeah, this was this is a print from 1999, I think. The painting is not old at all. When was this when did this painting come out, I wonder? Hold on. Let me see if I can find out. Here we are. Uh, yeah, 1976 is when it was painted. Arnold Freeberg painted it. So anyways, yeah, that's just a fake painting. I mean, well, it's a real painting, but it's of a fake situation that did not happen. Apparently, Shane Vaughn thinks that that's like a, a biographical uh, picture we're looking at or something. Was where the Twin Towers stand. Wow. Isn't that something? That, is uh, that, by the way, what he said there, though, about, listen one more time real quick. That's where America came into covenant with Yahweh, with God, was where the Twin Towers stand. Wow. So he's saying that George Washington brought America into covenant with God, and he's saying it's new Israel. That is a fundamental building block of the belief system. He needs that to be true. For, the, for Trump to be the son of man, because this is new Israel. Trump took political control of it, and that means that he was the leader of Israel, effectively. That means he's fulfilled all the criteria necessary to be the son of man in place of Jesus. 
I'm not even joking with this. You think I'm joking? There's a guy that wrote a whole book about it called Donald J. Trump, the Son of Man, the Christ, or something to that effect. And I read the entire book on my Telltale Reads YouTube channel. I haven't uploaded to it for a while, but the whole book is there. If you want to listen to me break down every single chapter word by word, it's there. And it, it's just like, God, it's crazy. This whole thing is crazy. All right, keep listening to Shane here. And that's something. That is where George Washington prayed, right? There's a chapel right outside the Twin Towers where George Washington, that picture of him praying by the horse, that's where it happened. It's fake, bro. It, it wasn't painted until 1976. First of all, and second, yeah, there's a chapel there, St. Paul's Chapel, where the Twin Towers were. None of this is real. He's just like making this up. That's where he dedicated our nation in covenant to God. If you will make us a great nation, deliver us from tyranny, then we will serve you. And he gave the nation to God at that point. Every signer of the Declaration of Independence were descendants of the tribes of Israel. That's crazy. That is crazy. He thinks that the signers of the, of the Declaration of Independence were like descendants of the tribes of Israel? How does he even get there? I guess they would have to be in his mind. That's like a necessity. Or another building block. It must be the case that they were the descendants of the Israelites or the whole belief system falls apart, apparently. This is just nuts, dude. We can trace it. We know it. No, just completely made up. <laughs> And here's the thing you've got to understand about Israel. Lay it on me, Shane. Most people think of Israel, when you say the word Israel, they think of Jews. I was a doctor of theology. I was the youngest ordained evangelist in America at 14 years old. No, he wasn't. Youngest ordained minister was Marjo Gortner. I think he was like four or something like that. Wow. I've lived for the Lord my whole life. No, he was a an insurance salesman who scammed people. He committed fraud and spent like four years in prison for it or something. So, no, wrong again. And I was dumb as a box of rocks. That one, I believe. Didn't know it. At 40 years old. Because I thought that a Jew meant Israel and an Israel meant Jew. Until I started studying my Bible and I found out that the first mention of the word Jew in the Bible is them fighting against Israel. Okay, the, the name Jew in the Bible, from my understanding, was derived from Judah. So Israel and Judah were the same country, and then they split off Judah to the south, Israel to the north. I think two tribes, the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, I think, went to the south, to Judah. Judah were the historians, so each tribe in Israel had its own responsibilities, like the Levites were the treasurers, and the Ju the and Judah or the Judites, I guess, the Jews or whatever. They were the historians. So, anyways, when they split off, a lot of the Old Testament was written from Judah, criticizing the other ten tribes of Israel, the north. It was written by somebody that wasn't Moses. Moses wasn't real who was critical of Israel and lived in the South. So anyways, that's where the name Jew came from, the tribe of Judah, I believe. Okay, go on. Kootmaster is telling me Judah is Yahuda and Jew is Yahudi. Okay, interesting. I know that uh, the, the land of Judah eventually became Judea, J-U-D-E-A. And after that, when it was conquered by other 
empires like the Babylonian Empire and then the Persian Empire. And as, as it was conquered, eventually they got to kind of run their own autonomous province that was called Yehud, Y-E-H-U-D. So anyway, just kind of a little fun fact there for you. First mention of the word Jew in the Bible is them fighting against Israel. Wow. When you the, This woman just doesn't even care, seemingly, or doesn't understand. I don't know. Wow. When you come to understand that Israel is not Jews and Jews is not Israel, when you get that, here's what happens. All of a sudden, and I'll do it real fast, at one time, they were one nation. Right, and then Judah or Judea split off, yeah. King Solomon died, King Jeroboam, King Rehoboam, there yeah. was a split. Yeah. That's correct. The Jews, the tribe of Judah, and Benjamin went to the south. Stayed in Jerusalem. Uh-huh. They kept the Sabbath, that's why they're still identifiable. They Okay, sure, I suppose. Jerusalem was to the south. It was in Judea. And Samaria was the capital of Israel. So, yeah, they split up. Okay? And when he says they kept the Sabbath and all that, I think he's referring to the Pharisees, which are modern-day Jews. Rabbinic Judaism is another term for Pharisee. But that's why they're still identifiable. They kept the Sabbath. That kept them identifiable for these thousands of years. I don't know about that. I, I don't know what happened. The other 10 tribes, I mean, the narrative in the Bible is not actually accurate to history. There was an exile, quote unquote, where Jews were taken from their homeland and brought to Babylon and put into slavery and stuff like that, right? Whoever wrote the Old Testament was writing it from the perspective of somebody who had been captured by the Babylonians and brought into exile and apparently wrote it as though every Jew was brought into captivity and to exile. But that's not actually even true. Only, uh, I, what is it like, uh, I don't remember what, I think 20, 25% of the population of Jews were brought over. The vast majority still stayed in the area of Israel, Judea, stuff like that. that, that whole region there. The Sabbath that kept them identifiable for these thousands of years. So, I, yeah, I don't know if that's true. Like, I don't even know what he's saying is true. I think it's based on a biblical narrative, maybe, but uh, not, not actually historically accurate, which it needs to be. If he wants to build this belief that Trump is the son of man, it must be historically accurate as well. However, there was 10 tribes that went to the north with King Rehoboam in rebellion. Those tribes crossed over the Caucasian mountains. They were captivated by the Germans. They crossed over the Caucasian... Oh, I'm, are we out of time? Oh, anyway. So they crossed over. I'll make it real quick. Where they wound up at was the Great British Isles because the prophecy was that they would go mm -hmm. to the Isles of the Sea. And from there, we find those tribes making their way to the United States Thanks. of America. And there's the basis for the idea that the Founding Fathers and, namely, Donald Trump specifically, he must be in the equation, are descendants of the tribes of Israel. It's complete nonsense, all of it. It's, it's entirely made up. He says that, I guess, the tribe of Judah are the Jews, in his mind, and all of the tribe of Judah, and apparently the tribe of Benjamin, because he said only 10 tribes were, you know, in, stayed behind in Israel. So the tribe of Judah and Benjamin, both, I suppose, from Judea, were taken into exile in Babylon. 
and the other 10 tribes crossed over the Caucasian mountains. There's no evidence of that. What are you talking about? Where'd you get that? They stayed in Israel. We have like a, a DNA record. We have a, an entire historical record of them staying in Israel. But does that ma mean anything to this guy? No. You know why? He wants there to be some special connection between Trump and the Founding Fathers and the Israelites, because that means Trump is the Messiah. He's the second coming. That's what he believes, straight up. Absolutely absurd. The Great British Isles were actually occupied by Anglo-Saxons uh, and, and a variety of other groups, but Anglo-Saxons really took over in the British Isles. So uh, the Angles were from a, a peninsula in the Germanic area, which is right across from the British Isles. You just got to cross the sea, and there you are. There you've got it. So there was the Angles. That was a little region. And then there was the, the region that made up the Saxons. They were named Saxons after, well, most likely, after a type of knife that was common based off of the language at the time. That's just what they called the knife, and it was a common knife used by the Saxons. Anyway, so Saxons were named that way after a type of knife they used. Angles were named that after the island or the peninsula that they were from. So the Saxons and the Angles went over the sea to the British Isles eventually, and when they got there, their culture intermixed and became the Anglo-Saxons. They spoke a primitive form of English, old English, that is not decipherable by us today. It doesn't make any sense. It was the language in which Beowulf was written, I believe. That may have been Middle English. Anyways, it's, it's completely different from what we know now. Let me lay some uh, common Anglo-Saxon names down for you. Edward, Harold, Edwin, Ethel, Edgar, Elfric, Edric. Wow, these are all E names. Henry, Wilfred, Gunther. Boy, these are these names are on point. I'm loving these names. Wilfred and Gunther. Flawless. Cartamendua is apparently a, an Anglo-Saxon name. I mean, some of these names are really, really bad. Dixie is an Anglo-Saxon name. Anyways, the Anglo-Saxons were the ones that came over the sea to the British Isles, not the tribes of Israel. And they eventually, you know, occupied the area and became the controlling culture, whether they were actually the, uh, the majority culture or not. They became the controlling culture in the British Isles, eventually sailed over, so on and so forth. This is absolutely insane to me that he believes this. And, and it's based off of so many flaws, so many hiccups and, and problems that he has to overcome to make Trump the son of man. But does he care about those problems? No, he's going to excuse them away and pretend to be the world's youngest ordained minister or whatever it is he claimed. Just insane, man. So anyways, um, this is not a small movement. This is a big movement, which is why we get people on Twitter and other places posting things like this right here. 46, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God gave us Trump. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, fix this country, work all day, fight the Marxists, eat supper, then go to the Oval Office and stay past midnight. At I mean, this this is where this came from, this idea. Some dude wrote an entire book about Trump being the son of man. This is not a small movement. It's absolutely nuts, but it's actually surprisingly popular. Anyway, let me know what you think about it in the comments. 
I'm fascinated by it, but I'll be damned if it's not disturbing as hell. Next up, Trump supporter and QAnoner Brendan Dilley has been close to Trump for a long time. He released a video that ended up being released by Trump on his social media. Let's talk about the bizarre things he's had to say. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. Donald Trump released this video on his, uh, I don't know, social media account uh, not too long ago. And on June 14th, 1946, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God gave us Trump. FYI, Trump didn't even make this. Trump's team didn't make this. You know who made this? A guy named Brendan Dilley. We're going to talk about him in a second, but I wanted to give you an idea of like what the video was about. Seriously, it's it, it's bizarre to see that people believe this stuff about Trump. Oval office and stay past midnight at a meeting of the heads of state. So God made Trump. I need somebody with arms strong enough to rustle the deep state and yet gentle enough to deliver his own grandchild. Okay, I don't think that Trump delivered his own grandchildren. I think a doctor did that, but that's neither here nor there. So anyways, I want to watch that whole video and then talk about Brendan Dilley, the guy who made it. Absolutely strange, dude. By the way, this video came out uh, early January 2024. Somebody to ruffle the feathers. Tame cantankerous World Economic Forum. Dude, I love cantankerous. I love that word. Come home hungry. Have to wait until the first lady is done with lunch with friends. Then tell the ladies to be sure and come back real soon. And mean it. So God gave us Trump. My God, dude, this is insane propaganda. These people seriously love Trump like he's a god. It is bizarre. So God made Trump. I need somebody who can shape an axe but wield a sword. Wait, can Trump shape an axe or wield a sword? This is news to me. Who had the courage to step foot in North Korea, who can make money from the tar of the sand, turn liquid to gold, who understands the difference between tariffs and inflation. Does somebody not understand the difference between tariffs and inflation? How are those two things linked? Inflation is the value of the dollar going down, I believe. So you have to use more dollars to purchase goods because it's worth less. Deflation is where the value of the dollar goes up, so you have to use less dollars to buy goods. Tariffs are just like, basically like a tax that you charge people for importing or exporting goods or whatever, right? Like, wh how are these things connected at all? We'll finish his 40-hour week by Tuesday noon, but then put in another 72 hours. On the golf course, right? S finishes 40-hour golf course week you know on tuesday at noon and then finish out the rest of his golf course week anyways that's basically all trump did was golf you think this dude was sitting in the oval office the whole time did this dude do any work for that matter aside from like making a mess out of everything he touched quick interjection this won't take long if you like what i do it would be awesome if you guys checked out my patreon all links are in the description of course okay back to the video by Tuesday noon, but then put in another 72 hours. So God made Trump. God had to have somebody willing to go into the den of vipers, call out the fake news for their tongues as sharp as a serpent's. The poison of vipers is on their lips. So right now they're using religious language. They're using a biblical language, describing the enemy of God's people or whatever. 
The enemies of Trump are the enemies of God's people. God made Trump. I mean, is it clear yet that, that they believe that Trump is the new Messiah, the son of man, the second coming of Jesus? If you doubt me on that, watch the last video that released about it. They believe him to be the second coming, effectively. He's not like Jesus in the flesh. He's just fulfilling the role that Jesus was supposed to fulfill when he returned. So God sent Trump instead. Uh, God being Jesus, presumably. God, Jesus sent Trump. This is the second coming. That's my assumption for what they mean here. And yet stop. So God made Trump. God said, I need somebody who will be strong and courageous, who will not be afraid or terrified of the wolves when they attack. A man who cares for the flock, a shepherd to mankind who won't ever leave nor forsake them. Trump cares for the flock and would never forsake them. Are you kidding me? What happened on January 6th to all the January 6th people? They fought for him, literally fought for him hand to hand, got in there, brought in weapons into the Capitol and tried to force him to remain president. And what did he do? He walked out on them. He left office without pardoning them when he was fully capable of pardoning them. Seriously cares for the flock would never forsake them what are we talking about the same guy for the record i just want to point this out i'm not religious but from my understanding a lot of people believe that the antichrist is going to be worshipped like jesus in the end times i'm just saying i'm just saying i don't believe any of this i think it's complete nonsense all of it about trump being a god and all of that junk i'm just saying this was precisely described by the Bible. That's all. Leave nor forsake them. I need the most diligent worker to follow the path and remain strong in faith and know the belief of God and country. Somebody who's willing to drill. Look at this. This is one of his most embarrassing moments, in my opinion, where he hugs a flag. They're just flashing ridiculous moments on screen. This is desecration of the flag, by the way. Founding fathers would be appalled at the fact that he's doing this. Quick note before we continue, I'm writing a book about my experiences inside the religion of Jehovah's Witnesses. I cover the culture and doctrine. It's understandable even if you know literally nothing about the religion, so I'd appreciate it if you gave it a read. To find out more, go to owenmorgan.com book. All links are in the description, of course. Okay, back to the video. You're not even supposed to let a flag touch the ground. You're supposed to carry it you're not supposed to burn it when it's too old to fly you're supposed to fold it into a triangle i believe and bury it and otherwise it should never be on the ground should never touch the ground shouldn't be on your pants shouldn't be hugged shouldn't be on your jeep or any of that other junk you need to treat the flag with respect according to the founding fathers like i think that's ridiculous and i couldn't possibly care less i'm just saying the founding fathers would be disgusted by what they're seeing if they saw this that's all Somebody who's willing to drill, bring back manufacturing and American jobs, farm the lands, secure our borders. Wait, didn't he have his opportunity? He had four years to do all this. Why didn't he do it? I don't understand. Build our military, fight the system all day, and finish a hard week's work by attending church on Sunday. Tell me the last time Trump has attended a church. Which church does Trump go to? What denomination is he? I actually happen to know that he claims to be Presbyterian. I don't think he has been to church maybe once in his entire life. He only ever shows up to a church 
for weddings, funerals, if it's even held at a church, and as a, a photo opportunity. That's it. It's a joke to me that people unironically put this into a propaganda video about him, actually seem to believe that Trump goes to church every Sunday. What? A hard week's work by attending church on Sunday, and then his oldest son turns and says, Dad, let's make America great again. Oh my God, they're talking positively about Don Jr. now. Dad, let's make America great again. Dad, let's build back a country to be the envy of the world again. So God made Trump. That's insane. That is straight up insane. At the end, you can see the Dilly 300 meme team. So for that reason, I'm pretty sure that Brendan Dilly produced it and a, a number of other reasons. Let me lay them out for you. This is Brendan Dilly right here. And interestingly, enough, he's a QAnoner, like full blown QAnoner, believes in the storm, believes in adrenochrome, the whole nine yards, all of it. And um, I have some QAnon videos with him that I, I'll show if we have the time. But he was invited to Mar-a-Lago by Trump to hear Trump's announcement speech that he's going to run for president forever ago, back in what, 2022 or whenever it was. Listen to this. I just got invited to Mar-a-Lago for President Trump's announcement tomorrow night. So I am going down to Mar-a-Lago tomorrow. Dude's like Gilbert Gottfried. He does not have the voice for this. Uh, I'm leaving immediately after the show is over. No disrespect to Gottfried, by the way. That dude is awesome. I'm just saying this guy is not. I am flying in. I'm being picked up by mad liberals at the airport. And I am heading to Mar-a-Lago for an announcement. Oh, my God. Please don't do that again. That's awful, right? Is it just me? From President Donnie J. Trump. And uh, I am extremely nervous about this. Because as you know, I am a basement-dwelling nerd who lives in his mother's uh, house and doesn't normally go out into the public. Okay. Well, there's Brendan Dilley, if you're curious. Again, QAnoner. To my knowledge, he's the one that created that propaganda film that we just watched. Or at least his, I don't know, his group did. His friends or something produced it. And Trump knows about him. He invited him to Mar-a-Lago for his speech. That's crazy. Let me show you a little bit more of Brendan Dilley if you're unfamiliar with him. This clip is from late August 2019. Check this out. This kind of lays out their strategy for elections. Trump 2020. What's our strategy, guys? First rule of Trump 2020, controlling the media. How do we do it? It doesn't have to be true. It just has to go viral. We're destroying them at their own game. Like, Dilly, is that, where did you hear about that? I don't know. I made that up. You're a liar. Eh, for now. I mean, it, can it be any clearer? The, <laughs> he said the quiet part out loud there. I don't think you're supposed to say that part. Jesus, dude. I mean, that's the strategy, right? Lie. And do everything you can to make it go viral. Because, who was it? Winston Churchill who said, a lie travels halfway around the world before the truth can get its pants on. Something something like that. Brendan Dilley knows that. And Trump knows that. You know, Republicans know that. And that's why they lie brazenly. Because, what, are you going to fact check them live on air? Even if you do, they're just going to say, oh, I simply disagree, good sir. Seems we're at an impasse. They just don't, they pretend that like they have the facts on their side. 
even if that means they have alternative facts on their side, as Kellyanne Conway said. I'm not actually sure when this video is from. I, I had trouble tracking that down. I tried to source the dates on everything, but it's obviously from the Trump era, whenever that was. So check this out. I'm guessing probably around 2019, uh, leading up to the 2020 election. Listen to what uh, Dilly had to say here. So you better pray to God, and I mean this literally, whoever the f*** is you pray to, okay, that Donald J. Trump, President of the United States, and Attorney General Barr clean this up lawfully. It must have been before 2021, right? Because January 6, 2021 was when Trump, you know, attacked. I guess it was probably after Trump lost the 2020 election. So between November 2020 and January 2021. That's my guess as to when this happened, okay? Clean this up lawfully. Because if for any reason the President of the United States feels that it's not getting done the way it should and decides to put out the tweet that says, my fellow Americans, my fellow 2A loving Americans, it's time to take up arms against these assholes. You are all in under an hour. Under one hour, you're done. Every one of you. We're all just at home, hanging out, or we're on vacation like me right now, watching you idiots behave the way you do, waiting for that one tweet, that one emergency text message from the f***ing President of the United States that gives us the green light to finish this entire thing in under an hour. It will not be law enforcement. It will not be one of these slow bureaucratic justice system, wheels of justice turning. It'll be a group of people you didn't even know existed because we were at our houses, we got off work, we were with our families, but we were ready for that call. And if that call ever does come, you will be seven ways from Sunday. So very obviously disturbing as hell. But the interesting thing about this is that I don't think that if Trump tweeted that, it would work. Yeah, it must have been before January 6, 2021, because he still had Twitter. And I think that's when he was banned from Twitter. Anyway, there's a woman named Romana Dedulo. She calls herself the Queen of Canada. She runs a QAnon cult. And she has um, basically like a group of people that follow her around the country. And they set up shop in, you know, abandoned schools that her supporters loan out to her or whatever. She actually, she has like, I don't know, uh, probably 75,000 followers total on Telegram and other platforms. She directly said, it is time to kill people. Get your guns out and do it. That's what she said. A while, forever ago. And in response, her QAnon extremist Trump supporting followers simply tweeted pictures of their guns and affirmation that they were with her. She can convince them to do some psychotic stuff. She convinced them to show up to a police department to do a citizen's arrest on the police. But none of them were armed when they showed up. There wasn't any, you know, um, there wasn't weapons discharge when they showed up to do that. And I honestly think that People realize, even Trump supporters, even QAnon nutcases realize how real it is to pull a trigger, to carry a gun and point it at somebody. That's not something that just anybody can or will do. You have to be formed into a militia and trained, ready, and willing to do something like that. And that is what the Proud Boys are for. Proud Boys were created by Gavin McGinnis. Same dude who started Vice News, for real. 
Currently, I think it's run by Enrique Tarrio. Second in command was Joe Biggs. Those two guys went to prison for January 6th, I believe, or, or around January 6th related events. I'm not sure if they're still in charge or what, but the Proud Boys is effectively a militia for Donald Trump. They train with weapons on firing ranges and everything and prepare for the day that Trump tells them to start pulling triggers. Really, that's 100% real. I believe that they would be willing to take that step if Trump said it. You have to be in an organized militia for that to actually work. And that's why it was so disturbing when Trump said at that debate, I'll denounce whoever. You know, they said, denounce white supremacy. He said, name a group. Give me a group. Anybody. Joe Biden said, Proud Boys. Denounce the Proud Boys. And Trump said, Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. But I want to talk about Antifa or some other nonsense like that. Yeah, here you go. This is from the... 2020 presidential debate against Biden. It was September 29th, 2020. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland? Are you prepared to to specifically do it? I would say say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from... No one's asking you that. Condemn white supremacy. See how easy that is? Check this out. You know, forever ago, there was an atheist who got in his car and rammed his car into, like, a big statue of the Ten Commandments to destroy it. I condemn that. See how easy that is? That's bad. Don't do that. Somebody that's on my side doing a bad thing. I condemn it. That's all you have to say. It's wrong. Don't do it. Why is that so hard for Donald Trump to say here? Instead, he's just saying... Well, I don't care about that. What I care about is the blah, 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 the people that I don't like. I see is from the left wing, not from the right wing. So what are you, what are you, you look, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, people. Then do it. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. God, I love that, dude. I love Biden in the background. Say it. <laughs> That's funny. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call him? What do you want to call him? White supremacy, you fool. Say white supremacists. Condemn white supemacy. Call him. What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. Who would you like supremacy. me to condemn? White Proud supremacists Boys. and right Proud, Proud Boys. Stand back and stand by. Okay, that wasn't condemnation. That was a military order, effectively. Stand back and stand by. Do you know after this happened, the Proud Boys got a massive boost in membership immediately after, and they put stand back and stand by on their T-shirts that they were selling. Seriously. This was a massive rallying call to the Proud Boys movement. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right wing problem. This is a left wing. Anyway, yeah. Joe Biden goes on to say his own FBI director said Antifa is not a group. It's an idea. So the point is what Brendan Dilley was saying here about, you know, people getting their guns and all that. Normal people are not going to do that militias will do that i definitely think that's the case but i think they'll be a lot more hesitant if trump is not in the oval office and i think they'll be hesitant since they saw that trump did not stand behind the january 6th people after that happened the dude could have blanket pardoned everybody on january 6th why didn't he you know why because he thought it might look bad on him he's already in like a ton of criminal trouble he couldn't possibly think that this would put him in a precarious position. The president has unilateral 
pardon power. He can pardon anybody for any reason, and that's just what it is. He would not have gotten in trouble for pardoning the January 6th people. He didn't do it because he thought it would look bad on him. That's it. And the Proud Boys and Brendan Dilley and everybody else, they saw that. They saw that Trump abandoned them when he, d- he didn't even have to. When he had an opportunity to save them, he abandoned them. People literally died for Trump that day, and he threw them under the bus. They're in there for 20 years, some of them. Vipers call out the fake news for their tongues as sharp as a serpent's. The poison of vipers is on their lips and yet stop. So God made Trump. God said, I need somebody who will be strong and courageous, who will not be afraid or terrified of the wolves when they attack. A man who cares for the flock. What are what are these people talking about? A man who cares for the flock? How can he unironically release something like that? When he knows damn well that Trump doesn't care about anybody but himself. Give you another little taste of who this guy is. Check this one out. This one is from November 2nd, 2020. So uh, it's the day before the election actually took place, or maybe two days before. Democrats, look, I have to tell you guys something. I'll tell you something, all right? Tell me. I'm not a Democrat, but I'll take it. Lay lay it down for me here. Liberal coworkers, dude, we're going to butt you into oblivion tomorrow. You don't got a prayer, dude. You guys are going to get absolutely savaged. Savaged. I mean, f***ed up beyond belief. You have no idea what's coming. You think you know, but you have no f***ing clue. Do you- I, honestly, I'm actually assuming that he knew, it, this guy specifically, that this guy knew in advance that January 6th was happening. And I think that Trump was trying to, like, he was setting things up every step of the way, like, December 14th, I think, was one of the dates where the states individually certify. He tried to call them and get them to call that off before December 14th came around or 18th or whenever it was. That failed. He knew January 6th was his next opportunity. That failed, too, obviously. But how much prep work went into the January 6th planning? It must have been some. Did it start before the election or was it after the election? I I have to wonder. Either way, this guy, Brendan Dilley, he knew there was violence coming. He knew what was going to happen one way or another. Trump is going to remain in the Oval Office or there's going to be civil unrest, the likes of which we haven't seen in a very long time. But aside from all of that, he also assumed that Democrats are going to lose terribly. He makes a wild claim in this. Just keep listening. No clue. Do you see that? Those aren't white supremacists, you stupid mouth breathing assholes. I think that's probably in reference to the debate where he was asked to condemn white supremacy. Those are Americans of all different backgrounds, races, and creeds. We're going to your shit up. And we're going to keep your shit up for the next four years. Liberalism is dead. Y'all motherfuckers better get used to the sound of this right here because it is your whole party and ideology. Uh, yeah, then he played this really obnoxious, loud buzzing sound. I don't know what that was. I spent so much time trying to cut that buzzing out. Gone! Thanks to this stupid uh, That's obviously an edited image. I'm sure I don't even need to point that out. Good night, sweet prince. Gone! Dead! So I told you I'd give you a prediction. 45 states, same as I've always said. 45 states for Donald Trump tomorrow. He believed that Donald Trump was going to win 45 out of the 50 states. How truly, deeply delusional do you have to be to believe that? Really? 
That is outside of reality to think that Trump was that popular. He must at least recognize that Trump is like deeply controversial, right? He must know that there are a lot of people that don't like him, like a lot, a lot, that that really don't like Trump. That should be enough to tell you that like Trump is going to have a struggle on his hands. I told you this guy was a member of QAnon, Brendan Dilley, and I want to back up that claim with evidence. So check this out. This is the praying medic, a.k.a. Dave Hayes on the right. On the left is Brendan Dilley himself. He is the most annoying person alive in this video. Brendan Dilley is so annoying in this video that I just cut his parts out because I didn't want to hear him. But just listen to him simply agree with everything Dave Hayes here says. Full-blown QAnoners. This is from May 2019. Q has often said, especially over the last six months, this is going to be the end of the D party. The end of the Democrat party. Okay, now, if you are, you know, average person listening, watching Q, like, what do you mean the end of the Democrat party? The Democrat party is not going to end. Yes, it is. Oh, I love it, dude. May 2019. All these years later... And these, God, I just, I love watching failed predictions, like my favorite pastime. Yeah. And I'm going to explain to you how the Democrat Party is going to end. What we are going to see in the next year unrolled. The next year, huh? 2019, May 2019 to May 2020. He thinks that that's what we were going to, or he thinks that we're going to see all kinds of stuff happen. Basically, the storm, massive correction all the bad guys going to jail permanently, being arrested and being exposed and blah, 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 all that other junk. That's what they believe that the storm is. And they believe that it's going to be kicked off by 10 days of Internet outages. Really, I'm 100 percent serious. That's a QAnon belief. Unrolled it is likely hundreds of members of Congress, most of them Democrats, some Republicans. All right. They're going to be arrested and they're going to be prosecuted. For Quick interjection. This won't take long. I just want to say, if you want to support my channel, the best way you can do it is by watching this video to the end, or at least watching a little bit longer than you would have otherwise. YouTube's recommendation algorithm works off of watch time. You can also subscribe to the channel, like the video, and check out my Patreon. Link is in the description for that. All right, back to the video. For corruption. So, so did this happen? Was he right? From May 2019 to May 2020? Of course he wasn't right. It fell flat like every other de facto prophecy that this dude laid down. Brendan Dilley and the praying medic have prophesied or predicted or whatever from QAnon that all of these evil people were going to be arrested every single year. 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, still happening to this day. They're still predicting it, seriously. That... People in Congress were warned the storm is coming and they were told if you are playing the game and you are in Congress when the storm hits, you're going to be prosecuted. They saw the storm coming and they were like, okay, I'm out. They were cut a deal. You get out, you won't be prosecuted. If you stay in, the hammer's going to fall on you, you're going to be prosecuted. Yeah, some um, like congressmen at this moment when this was being filmed decided not to run again like jeff flake for example he's a republican they just saw the political climate and they wanted nothing to do with it basically totally understandable 
there were a lot of Democrats and there were a lot of Republicans who said, I'm not running again. And as a result, the praying medic and Brendan Dilley and everybody else used that fact as evidence that the storm was going to happen. Again, the storm is what they're describing here, where all of these bad people who are part of the deep state are exposed and arrested and brought to jail and all this other junk is going to happen. It's going to be preceded by 10 days of internet outages. And they also, depending on which denomination, I guess you call it, which denomination of QAnon you go with, some of them also believe that after the arrests, they're going to immediately put all of these bad people into trials where the trials are going to be aired eight hours on, eight hours off for like two weeks until all the trials are complete. And everybody's going to be forced to sit in front of their TV and watch the trials unfold. Absolutely psychotic stuff. And you know the saddest part about this? Trump didn't help this. In fact, he intentionally inflamed this. He made it worse. He seemingly attempted to convince people that the storm was real, that QAnon was real. This one is 2017. It's October 6, 2017. This is within just a few months of QAnon even being created and making all these claims about the storm. Do you guys know what this represents? Uh, by the way, leading up to this, this is like in the afternoon, I believe, or the evening. Trump called a press conference. And when he got there, he just wanted to take a bunch of pictures with people and stuff. It, it wasn't anything. It was just him like talking to people and just saying normal stuff. There's nothing unusual about it, except this moment right here. This was unusual. Do you guys know what this represents? Tell us, sir. Maybe it's the calm before the storm. The calm before the storm. What's the storm? Could be the calm, the calm before the storm. What storm is the president? You'll find out. So, yeah, Trump intentionally made this worse, this whole QAnon, the storm nonsense. Not to mention the fact that he invited Brendan Dilley, famed QAnoner, to Mar-a-Lago in the first place. And he's retweeting his stuff, his memes and his uh, videos about Trump being like godlike or whatever. 1946, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. I mean, it's just insane. Anyway, let me know what you think about this in the comments. This dude needs help. The, all these people need serious psychiatric help, for real. Tell me what you think. Golden Ibex, I'm shocked this guy's allowed to fly anywhere. He's got to be on so many lists. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I'm sure. I'm, you know, come to think of it, I'm surprised of that, too. Because uh, I know Nick Fuentes was put on the no-fly list. And once you get on a no-fly list, to my knowledge, there's no way off. And it's like a an international thing like you can't get on an airplane at least in the united states doesn't matter where you're going you just can't it's a federal thing at least so yeah i'm surprised he's flying in anywhere flying! god gilbert godfried is the only uh, is the closest analog that i can think of to this dude's voice it's just it grates on you you know gilbert godfried is awesome and has fantastic comedic timing this guy doesn't know anything about comedic timing. He's just being obnoxious. <laughs> Next up, Sherry Tenpenny and Stella Emanuel have been making predictions about COVID for years. One of Tenpenny's predictions just failed. Again, I didn't expect any different, but it's deeply entertaining to watch these people fall flat on their faces. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. 
The more shots you get, the more, the more you destroy your immune system and the faster that happens. And it's anticipated, the German data says that by the end of 2022, every fully vaccinated person over the age of 30 may have the equivalent of full-blown vaccine-induced immune-suppressed AIDS. Dude, I love watching people's predictions fall flat. It's so fantastic. It's like a hobby for me. So, uh, first of all, I've never heard of this vaccine-induced AIDS thing. HIV is human immunodeficiency virus, and that virus causes AIDS, much like the coronavirus causes COVID, to my knowledge. It's, that's kind of how it works. Uh, so, AIDS is Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome. To my knowledge, that has never happened to somebody from vaccines, Got gotten AIDS from vaccines. What is she talking about? This person is um, an equivalent to a doctor, by the way. Insane. And also, she says the German data. What German data? Who's German data? What German did this? There's no evidence presented here. She just says the German data. This is just weasel words out the wazoo right now. Uh, okay, so what does the German data say? That by the end of 2022... Every fully vaccinated person over the age of 30 may. Yeah, look, sounds like she just picked a whole bouquet of oopsie daisies there, huh? The end of 2022. Well, we are now uh, years past that and it still hasn't happened. I eat this up, dude. This is just this is sustenance to me. Watching people fail miserably. I love this. That's not the only one she did. She had another prediction for 2023, believe it or not. I want to talk about her a little bit, though, just kind of give you an idea of the type of person she is. I don't know if you guys remember this, but um, forever ago, I've actually covered her before, but I figured it's worth going through her her repertoire one more time. A while back in uh, when COVID was happening originally, uh, I'm sure people probably remember the claims that we would be magnetic because there were like magnetized whatever's in the COVID thing and sticking keys to your body and all that stuff. Yeah, that was Sherry Tenpenny. Because right now that. we're all kind of um, hypothesizing. I mean, what is it that's actually being transmitted that's causing all of these things? Is it a combination of the protein, which now we're finding has a metal attached to it? I'm sure you've seen the pictures all over the Internet of people who've had these shots and now they're magnetized. Seriously, this is so entertaining. I love it to death. Obviously, nobody was magnetized. That is simply absurd. They can put a key on their forehead. It sticks. They can put spoons and forks all over them and they can... Look at this in the background. Look closely. You see this? Look, people are nodding, nodding their heads, agreeing with her. Look at this. Who showed up to this, like, meeting or whatever it is? Shots and now they're magnetized. They can put a key on their forehead. It sticks. They can put spoons and forks all over them and they can stick because... This is absurd. This is so ridiculous. I don't even know what to do with it. If you think that's ridiculous, that's not even the craziest thing that this person has said. Just wait. There's more. Quick interjection. This won't take long. If you like what I do, it would be awesome if you guys checked out my Patreon. All links are in the description, of course. Okay, back to the video. Okay, check out this next prediction. We've got a whole row of predictions to go through that are failed, 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 failed. And they get crazier as we go. So check this one out. This one is from 2023, January, late January, 2023. Now we're seeing the tsunami of deaths that I've been talking about since the beginning of 21. We're seeing a tsunami of deaths. Uh, I must have missed it. Millions of people are going to die. You know, when Judy Mikovits came out on Plandemic at the beginning of that and said that... 
Oh my god, Plandemic, if you're unfamiliar, I watched the whole episode, like the whole video on my unfiltered channel, and it was insane. It was propaganda from beginning to end. It was all about how the deep state planned to infect people with this virus and blah, 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 you know. That more than 50 million people are going to die, and everybody was like, whoa. More than 50 million people are going to die, not from COVID, from the vaccine. That was the claim. More than 50 million people are going to die from the vaccine, from pandemic. And when they started interviewing me and, I, and asked me, what did I think about that number? I said, it's way too low. It's going to be much more than 50 million people in America alone. Okay, the United States is made up of about 325 million people, give or take. So she's saying, what, what, what's that percentage? It's uh, 15%. She says 15% of the United States is going to die. Uh, in 2023, I guess, is what she's saying, right? Because this is January 2023 when this video came out. And here we are at the end of 2023. We're in 2024 now. And what happened? Did 15% of the country die from the vaccine? Of course not. And we're already starting to see it. We're already starting to see it. So the tsunami of deaths is coming. It's already here. And I believe that what's happening now and, and is, is starting to happen now is the tsunami of regret. I don't regret it. Oh, by the way, in the opener, you know, the, the intro video, she said, P anybody over the age of 30 who's fully vaccinated by the end of, I think she said 2022, would have AIDS. I am over 30. I'm fully vaccinated. And it's 2024. So, yeah. Oh, and I don't have AIDS. So that's a plus. There's no tsunami of regret. I don't regret getting the vaccine at all. I'm glad that I got it. It probably saved me from serious pain and trouble. Quick note before we continue, I'm writing a book about my experiences inside the religion of Jehovah's Witnesses. I cover the culture and doctrine. It's understandable even if you know literally nothing about the religion, so I'd appreciate it if you gave it a read. To find out more, go to owenmorgan.com book. All links are in the description, of course. Okay, back to the video. I got COVID. I've had it a few times now, and I actually lost my sense of smell, and it was seriously a nightmare. You don't know what it's like to lose a sense like that until it's gone. It's really, really terrible. It came back within a few days, but man, was it scary. If I wasn't going to have my sense of smell, my whole world was going to be different. Imagine how much worse it would have been if I hadn't gotten vaccinated. The vaccine saved countless lives, and she is propagandizing against it. Of the people that fell for the lies... Your friends and family members and parents and children and all they did to your grandchildren just could not be told otherwise. All they did to your grandchildren. But now that people are dying like flies, I mean, my business partner has 83 close people in his life that have died. Eight 83 people? Do you even know 83 people personally? What are you talking about? I think that there's a limit on how many people you can personally know. I forget what the limit is, but it's somewhere in the 40s or something like that, I think. I forget what the limit is. It's significantly lower than 83. 83. It's the beginning. And I predict that by the end of this year... Wait, so why did it... She says it's the beginning. 2023. Uh, January 2023 is when this was filmed. Why did it start in 2023, this tsunami of deaths caused by the vaccine? Why didn't it start when the vaccine came out, which is in 2020, 2020, right? 
Okay, no. So January 2021, temporary authorization was granted for the Moderna vaccine. So yeah, it was right at the end of Trump's term is when the vaccine came out and then Biden handled the rollout. Why didn't all of this start in 2021 or 2022? Why at the end of 2023 is there some tsunami of deaths? Beginning. And I predict that by the end of this year, every person in this room and every person listening behind here is going to know a minimum of five, probably 10 or more close friends and family members that have died from these shots. I don't know a single person who has died from the vaccine. In fact, I don't know of anybody who knows of anybody who's died from the vaccine or who has had ill effects from the vaccine. Even negative reactions are exceedingly rare. I mean, sure. Every vaccine has its risks, just like every medicine has, you know, possible allergies and things like that. But it's so minimal, so ridiculously low, the percentage chance that you will have a negative side effect from this, that it's effectively zero for all intents and purposes. It's affecting nearly nobody. COVID, on the other hand, COVID is affecting people negatively. The vaccine saved countless lives. And she's out here propagandizing about it. It's just insane. Like I said, it just gets crazier with this person. We, I wanted to talk about Stella Emanuel also. She's another doctor, quote unquote, who has a medical degree, uh, if she's to be believed. From my understanding, both Tenpenny and Stella Emanuel do have medical degrees. They're both propagandizing about the vaccines, even to this day, like right now and having failed prediction after failed prediction. So check this one out. This one is, uh, this is Tenpenny showing up on Stu Peter's show. If you're unfamiliar with Stu Peter's, he's just unglued from reality. This dude is insane. I'll just give you a little bit of uh, insight into him. He, most Christians or most evangelical extremists are in favor of Israel because they think Israel needs to exist for Jesus to come back and so on and so forth, right? Well, this guy, hates Jews, hates Jews, and for that reason, hates Israel. And he's open about it, too. He's also a flat earther. Absolutely insane. I don't like what Israel is doing as a government, as a country right now, but to take a step into hating Jews like that, like, oh my God, dude, that's insane. Okay, check it out. This is from, this is with Stu Peters, late January 2022 stated goal is to depopulate the planet and the ones that are left either make them chronically sick or turn them into transhumanist cyborgs that can be controlled by and, and um, manipulated externally a doctor a doctor she has a medical degree uh she's not an md i think she's a do or something but it's a an equivalent it's a doctor equivalent basically and she's saying that they're trying to turn people into transhumanist cyborgs really and trying to depopulate the planet. Why would they try to do that? Higher populations are beneficial to countries. Russia is paying people to have children because they, they need a population boom. It improves their economy. It improves any economy. That's why I'm like so baffled that people are opposed to immigrants coming into the United States. It improves an economy. It makes it stronger. Why would anybody want to depopulate the planet? by 5G, by magnets, by all sorts of things. Now, I got dragged through the mud by the mainstream media when I said that in May of last year in front of- It's because it's crazy. The House Committee in Columbus. Well, guess what? 
it's all true. No, it isn't. It's all true. They talk, you know, the whole issue of quantum entanglement and how what these shots do in terms of the the uh, the frequencies and the electronic frequencies that come inside of your body and hook you up to the Internet of Things, the quantum entanglement that happens immediately after you're injected. And I told you it was going to get crazier. Here we are. We're in crazy land now. You get hooked up to what they're trying to develop. It's called the the hive mind. And they want all of us there as a node and as an electronic avatar. Somebody made this up, right? Who came up with this? Who do you think was sitting around saying to themselves, I think they're trying to create a hive mind and turn us into electric or electronic avatars. And I think that they're trying to connect us to the Internet of Things and control us and depopulate us and blah, 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 blah. Who was sitting in their chair one day dreaming this up? And how did it reach these nutter butters? As a node and as an electronic avatar. So we're going to exist as a node and electronic avatar. That is an exact replica of us, except it's an electronic replica. That actually sounds awesome. Does that mean like I can live forever? You know, just put my brain in this electronic world. That'd be fantastic. I love everything about it. Yes, let's do it. It's not our God-given body that we were born with. And all of, the, all of that will be running through the metaverse that they're talking about. Oh, my God, dude. This is when uh, Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse thing was popping off. This is just insane. All of these things are real, Stu, all of them. Yeah. And it's happening right now. So it's not some science fiction thing happening out in the future. It's happening right now in real time. Yeah. No. No, it wasn't then, and it's not now. And it is simply insane to me that anybody would believe this, that she has the apple bag to come out here and claim that it's happening. When called on a blatant, flat-out lie, people like Sherry Tenpenny can just say, well, I simply disagree. I just, don't, I think you're wrong. I'm just operating off of a different set of facts than you. When they're shown incontrovertible evidence that they are incorrect about a subject. They simply say, oh, I just don't believe that. I just don't trust your source. I think I'm right, and I think you're wrong. It's crazy. Okay, Stella Emanuel, if you don't know her, I want to talk about her also. She's kind of in league with Sherry Tenpenny. Obviously, they were both on Stu Peters. Interesting name, too, right? Stu and Stella? Kind of on point. I I'm a fan. Anyways, uh, she goes on Stu Peters. Well, Stella Emanuel got famous originally, because she was shouted out by Donald Trump, basically. She put out a video. I think I have it here. Yeah, this this video right here. It's a really long one. We're not, not going to watch the whole thing. I just want to give you an idea of what happened. But this video was, like, tweeted out by Trump or retweeted or something like that. Set is that I see people that cannot breathe. I see parents walk in. I see diabetics sit in my office knowing that this is a death sentence. And they can't breathe. And I hug them and I tell them, it's going to be okay. You're going to leave and we treat them and they leave. None has died. So if some fake science, some person sponsored by all these fake pharma companies comes out and say, oh, we've done studies and they found out that it doesn't work, I can tell you categorically it's fake science. So what she was talking about here, give a little bit of context for the era, Trump was being told various different strategies that are being suggested for helping COVID get better. And one of the suggested strategies was using hydroxychloroquine with z -packs, I think it was. I, I forget the actual name of the medicine, but that was something that was being tested by scientists. 
and they said, yeah, sir, we're working on this. We're trying. And this is one of our possible things that we're looking at. And so he goes out there and he says, we're looking at things. We're trying to find solutions. Right now they're looking at hydroxychloroquine. I may not have said that. I may not have come out and suggested. Certainly not if I were Trump because he's got a cult following who will just go drink it like from their fishbowl because apparently the hydroxychloroquine is also a fishbowl cleaner or something. Anyways, trying to calm people's fears by saying we have some ideas, we're working on it, was 100% reasonable. It became unreasonable when he said, this is the cure, and he refused to let up on it. He doesn't know how to say the words, I don't know, or I was wrong. Even when there's an evolving situation where we're learning things second by second, and Trump is like on you know the, the tip of the spear, experts from every field of science were in the Oval Office talking to the president, trying to help him handle this pandemic that was sweeping through the country. And they said, we're trying this, we're trying this, we're trying that. And he goes out there and says, these are the things we're trying. And instead of admitting that you know these solutions didn't work, he doubled and tripled down on them. And people were unironically drinking hydroxychloroquine from like their fish bowl. So what, what was it? Hold on. Let me, let me find out what this was again. Okay. So hydroxychloroquine. Here's, a, uh, here's an article about it. Man dies, wife hospitalized from ingesting fish tank cleaner to prevent COVID-19. Hydroxychloroquine is commonly used for lupus, for treating lupus, I think. And it's also used to clean fish tanks. Well, somebody, one of these Trump supporters, sees the word hydroxychloroquine on their fish tank cleaner drinks it, and then dies, of course, all because Donald Trump said this is the cure instead of saying, you know, we're working on a number of things, just hold off and wait and we'll, we'll update you as we go. So anyways, this woman here, Stella Emanuel, let's tie her back in. She goes out there and helps Trump double down and says, we are treating people with hydroxychloroquine and they are getting better. He retweeted this video of her, seriously. I want to know who is sponsoring that study. I want to know who is behind it. Because there is no way I can treat 350 patients and counting and nobody is dead and they all did better. And then you're going to tell me that you treated 20 people, 40 people, and, and it didn't work. I'm a true testimony. So I came here to Washington, D.C. to tell America, nobody needs to get sick. This virus has a cure. It is called hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and zitromax. I know you Zithromax, that's it. I think those are Z-Packs. That's like their brand name or whatever, Zithromax. Yeah, the suggestion was Z-Pack, Zithromax and hydroxychloroquine together would cure it. That obviously didn't pan out. Just say okay and move on. These people can't do it. Honest to God doctor that we're listening to right now saying this stuff. So anyways, uh, just like Cherry Tenpenny, I want to show you what Stella Emanuel is about and what she had to say. By the way, I didn't even mention quantum entanglement from Sherry Tenpenny. I didn't even want to go down that road. But quantum, anything with the word quantum in it, be skeptical because people use that as a buzzword, especially like charlatans. They, anything with the word quantum in it is like some mystical cure that, you know, scientists are just discovering or some other. It's just insane. It's just new age nonsense. Quantum mechanics, quantum physics are legitimate studies in science. When people like this talk about quantum anything, it's nonsense. Okay, yeah, check this one out. This is from 
mid-October 2021 on Stu Peters. To give breath to the clones, to the images. That they... To give breath to the clones. That they will cause all those that will not take the mark to be killed. Just like you're saying, they will, I want to assassinate those that will not take the mark. The number of the beast or the name. Those who will not take the mark, the number of the beast. She's talking about the vaccine. Her accent is a little heavy, so I'm going to try to um, clear it up. Or the name of the beast. I don't think the mark is right now, but we're dealing with the number of the beast and the name of the beast. The Moderna vaccine. We're dealing with the number of the beast and the name of the beast. The Moderna vaccine. Has Luciferous, which is the name of the beast. Luciferase. It has Luciferase in it. Uh. Oh my God, this is such an old conspiracy theory. I've heard this over the years. It's insane. Uh, everything that people don't like has luciferase in it. I believe luciferase is an actual substance. Lucifer means light bringer. It means it l like luminary, luna, uh, light. That's what it means. Anytime that, you know, this is just a, a standard part of language. Anytime they see anything with lucifer in it they just lose their minds did anything even have luciferase in it i doubt it i doubt it to the bottom of my heart that it had luciferase a luciferin okay here's a reuters fact check article on it moderna's covid19 vaccine does not contain luciferin or luciferase this was released may 6 2021 updated three years ago apparently the novel coronavirus vaccine manufactured by Moderna does not contain luciferin, an organic compound involved in bio involved in bioluminescence. Hence the word lucifer, you know, light, bioluminescence. That means like you're lighting up like fireflies are exhibiting signs of bioluminescence because they're lighting up, right? Or the enzyme luciferase, contrary to claims on social media. While luciferase was involved in some COVID-19 research in the summer of 2020, none of the available vaccines contain either ingredient. Suggesting a satanic link, a post on Facebook reads, Moderna vaccine contains luciferin in 66.6 .6 solution. You can't make this stuff up. So that's what she's talking about if you were curious. Just, you can make it up. And they literally did. This is completely fabricated has luciferous which is the name of the beast everything about this vaccine has 666 which is the number of the beast so these clones are seriously doctor she's a doctor full-blown legit doctor this just goes to show you that you can go through school and have an education and still be dumb as dog at the end 666 which is the number of the beast so these clones are going to, the, the devil has power to give life to the image, the clones, that they will cause people in the hospital to die. They will not give them medicine. They will make stupid laws. They will, they will lock down cities. They will make children get, get sacrificed. They'll make children get sacrificed. They'll make stupid laws, lock down cities. Like what? What does she mean sacrifice children, I wonder? The evil that is going on is not human evil. Uh, the evil isn't human evil. It's got to be satanic, okay? The technology that we're calling science is Nephilim technology. It's demonic technology. Nephilim technology. Weren't Nephilim the the product of angels basically marrying and sleeping with or impregnating humans? Isn't that what it was, Nephilim? Apparently, angels are still coming around doing that, okay? Where is it, where's my angel when I need one? Just kidding. She's sitting on the couch behind me.
just a little more context for who Stella Emanuel is. Both she and Sherry Tenpenny are unglued from reality to a degree that I, I, I can't even touch, obviously. Talking about how we're going to be like avatars in a matrix in the metaverse and 5G magnetic and blah, blah, blah. It's crazy. Now listen to this one right here. This one is from mid-October 2021. Same as last one. So one of the answers would be don't have gay sex. Repent. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, let me give you a little bit of uh, context for what was happening at the moment. Monkeypox was becoming a problem and people were a little bit concerned about it. it it was shortly after covid made its appearance and we were trying to learn to live with it basically and it was sweeping through all kinds of communities but the black community was hit really hard harder disproportionately harder than the white community by covid for a variety of reasons because they have a lower income, a lower net worth on average than white people, which means that they had to go into work despite the fact that COVID was happening and things like that. And that meant that they were more susceptible to being around it and stuff like that. So because of factors outside of the black community's control, they were hit disproportionately hard by COVID. And in the same way, the gay community was hit disproportionately hard by monkeypox, not because, you know, gay people are just susceptible to it and straight people aren't, but because of factors outside of their control, they were hit hard by it, basically. And it became a big conspiracy theory, of course, as always. So Stu Peters, hating gay people as he does, decided to get Stella Emanuel, doctor, on to talk about this. So one of the answers would be don't have gay sex Repent from yes. your homosexual lifestyle and go find mm -hmm. Jesus. Right, because that will absolutely and without a shadow of doubt cure HIV, AIDS, and monkeypox, right? As if straight people don't get these these diseases. As like as it, So if black people just stayed home, then COVID wouldn't have been a problem. Like, that's the line of thinking that they're using right now. It's insane. Uh, because the real pandemic here is promiscuous sex among gay men at sex yes. orgies and participating in satanic depravity. So stop Wow, that. As a matter of fact, we should make a law against homosexual sex. We should just say that that's not allowed. It's a criminal offense and we should lock these people up. Uh, oh another answer. That is insane. Are you kidding me? What happened to freedom? I thought Republicans were all about freedom. These people were never about freedom. It was always about controlling people that they don't like. That was always part of the agenda that Stu Peters has pushed since the beginning. That is psychotic. Another that, should that should happen, yes. Yeah, yes, it should happen. Yeah, so anyways, just disgusting, man. Absolutely disgusting. These people are terrible. I am glad to see that their predictions have fallen flat. It didn't turn out to be the mark of the beast like she claimed it was. We didn't lose five to ten personal friends in our lives to the vaccine, like Jerry Tenpenny said. The German data never showed that anybody over 30 who's fully vaccinated was going to be dead or have full-blown vaccine-induced AIDS, whatever the hell that means, by the end of 2022. Like, all of this is made up all along. It was all fabricated. And I, I'm here for every second of it. I love watching these people fail, especially when it comes to, like, bizarre stuff like being magnetized. I love everything about it. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. 
Stu should change his last name to Pidity. <laughs> right, Stupidity. <laughs> oh, dude, S Stu Peters is psychotic on levels I can't touch. Like, the the hate and vitriol in that guy is scary. And it's not it's not stupidity. What is it? It's willful ignorance, complete rejection of factual information at any cost. I don't know. It's something beyond just being stupid. There's something else there with with Stu Peters that I can't put my finger on. And, and just like, God, the hatefulness in him is crazy. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. One more example of who Stu Peters is. I mean, I know this wasn't even about Stu Peters, but, you know, might as well mention it since we're talking about him. I don't know if I've ever played this clip before. This is from October 11th, 2023, five days after Hamas attacked Israel. Okay. At this moment, everybody was rallying around Israel because they suffered a brutal attack. It made sense to mourn for innocent Israelis suffering at the hands of terrorists. Now listen to what Stu Peters had to say at the moment. We put Israel in the region to basically stir everything up, and they are resentful about the fact that Israel is there mucking with all of their relations and imposing everything on them, and it's just they're an instigator. And they, not to mention the, the, the age-old fact that, yeah, they literally are the ones who killed Christ. I think we talked about this the last time I was on, and you know, that was literally one of the justifications that Hitler gave for attacking Jews because they killed Jesus. That was one of the ways in which he got people whipped into a blood frenzy. It is psychotic to me to hear somebody using this same argument today. They were correct in that Israel is hurting people in unjustified ways, the Israeli government. But they're taking it an additional step. They're saying Jews are evil, Jews are causing problems, and Jews killed Jesus, so they don't deserve to exist or whatever. That is insane. About this the last time I was on, and you know, read Matthew 27, they say that we are responsible and our kids will be responsible and our progeny will be responsible. Dude, they had this graphic queued up and ready to go. As soon as he said it, they pop that graphic up with like the circles or the square, you know, the red square around it and everything. They had it outlined what they were going to talk about already going into this. Stu Peters completely and totally 100% agrees with this assessment. Otherwise, A, he wouldn't have him on. B, he wouldn't be nodding his head like a bobblehead. And C, they wouldn't have had this graphic like pre-prepared for this speech. Th this guy is repeating Stu Peters' ideals progeny will be responsible for the death of Jesus. That's kind of what I was alluding to. But they are absolutely, they are, they are pushing buttons. They are causing problems in the region. Anyways, it just simply psychotic, simply psychotic and sad. Stu Peters is a new level of hateful and vitriolic. Dude used to be a bounty hunter back in the day. I guess something like dog the bounty hunter, if you will. You don't know what a bounty hunter is. They're just people who bail other people out of jail. They put the money up to get them out, and then that person pays the money back to the bailer, like the person who bailed them out, the bondsman, bail bondsman. And if the person shows up to court, 
then the bail bondsman also gets his money back that he put up. So he's getting double the money. He's getting it from the courts for making sure this person shows up, and he's getting it from the person. Uh, somebody becomes a bounty hunter when you know somebody skips bail and they, they just don't show up for court. Now you're a bounty hunter and you're going out hunting for this person to collect the bounty on them, basically. That's what Stu Peters did. He ran a, a bail bondsman bounty hunting service or whatever before becoming a professional nut job. Stu Peters is is gigantic too, by the way, like significantly larger than me. He's got like, oh God, I don't six hundred thousand Rumble subbies, not just YouTube subbies, but he he wouldn't even be allowed on YouTube. But Rumble subbies. Rumble has a significantly smaller user base than YouTube, so 500 or 600,000 subbies on there is far more impressive than the same number on YouTube. Far more impressive. He's got a whole podcast network that he runs, a big company. It's, it's crazy. He's extremely influential. Why would they be mad about Jews killing Jesus? According to God's plan, Jesus had to die to be our Savior. Absolutely agree. It's a nonsensical excuse to get people whipped into a blood frenzy, to make them angry. That's it. It's just a way of demonizing a group of people you don't like. Jews were following through God with God's plan. You're absolutely correct on that point. Um, if the narrative is to be, you know, the biblical narrative is to be accepted. Besides that, didn't, I mean, Rome killed Jesus. Rome did the executions. There's one gospel out of the other four, I think, that says that Pontius Pilate washed his hands of it and said, you know, you guys are to blame for this, not us. That was added after the fact when Christians were trying to drum up support and vitriol against Jewish people. So anyway, it's just insane, man. Just insane. That's all I've got for you. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check me out on Patreon. And take a look at my YouTube channels. Owen Morgan, where I talk about religious issues. Telltale Fireside Chat, where I talk about politics. Telltale Unfiltered, where I do long-form breakdowns of stuff like this. And Telltale Reads, where I read books by televangelists and others. I release everything in parts, but every part stands independently of the last. So you can jump in anywhere, and I'll make sure it makes sense. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of all my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything. All links are in the description. Okay, thanks for watching, guys.